Hey, Justin, how are you? Good, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> it's been a it's been a very long time. It really has. It's been far, far too long, honestly. <laughs> I love how you still have your Massachusetts accent. God, you're the second one to say that. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> See, I, my my now wife, when we first met, we first talked. I thought my accent was going away, and she, she's like, "No, no, you still sound like you're from the north." <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. Um, so today I'm talking with Jeffrey Heon, or Jeff Heon. <laughs> um, yeah. Today on the show, Metcalf's music and ministry. Um, Jeff's going to share his story. Um, I've known Jeff for many, many years since middle school, and tomorrow I'm about to be 35. So you do <laughs> you do the math. Um, but I, I wanted to here to tell his story, um, and I just think it's a it's an inspiring story, and I think that it'll it'll reach a lot of people. Um, as many people as this podcast reaches anyways so jeff uh i'm just gonna to you you can start where you want to and i'll jump in okay like um justin said my name is jeffrey and i'm a grateful believer in jesus christ um this is my testimony for a group that i'm a part of called celebrate recovery it's um helped me tremendously it's for people with hurts habits and hang-ups so I fall in all those categories, which is great because that program has helped me tremendously. Now, um, what what is this program, Jeff? It, it's a it's a Christian based program. It's called Celebrate Recovery. It started out in um, I think Saddleback Church out in California or something. It's, okay. Um, but this guy, it's basically like any sort of get well group you know where if you're into drugs or you know you're abusive or you have anger issues this is a place you can go and kind of vent oh Um, awesome it's um based on christian you know beliefs and everything so every week or every other week we have a lesson about like denial hope um different ways you can get stuck in your recovery and it's just you know how you can become a better person in god and your walk how you can better your walk with God. And then every other week is uh, somebody's testimony. Well, that, that sounds really awesome. It is. It, it, honestly, um, when I first, I went a couple years ago to a couple celebrate recovery um, groups and um, it felt more like church than actual church did at the time for me. It felt mm-hmm. more like home and, you know, irregardless of what I was going through, I was welcome there. It was it was a really cool feeling and um i've liked it ever since that's awesome all right so why don't you start at the beginning of uh your your life experiences okay well i mean my story is a little bit different than a lot of people's mine doesn't um include drugs or anything but what i've been through i think it can be fairly traumatic Uh, you know, my family seemed like the normal family. We all went to church as kids. Um, we we did the Sunday school thing. We went to um, church afterwards. We, you know, we did all the studying. We we look. We appeared to be the happy little family. My grandparents, my dad, dad's parents, 
were kind of the overrulers, I guess you could call them. And, you know, church and everything was very important to them. So they made sure all of us grandkids would go. Or else, right? Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, you, don't, <laughs> you never want to be on the bad side of the grandparents. That's where you get all your toys. <laughs> right, right. But they took it very seriously. So, you know, our family took it seriously to an extent. Like I said, we mm-hmm. went to school, we went to Sunday school. You know, once I became of age, I became an altar boy at the church, um, which was really cool because my dad had the same um, priest or was an altar boy under the same priest. So I was kind of continuing the legacy. Mm-hmm. And I, I was really excited about it, you know, um, because it had new responsibilities and, you know, just new stuff for me to do. And, you know, I, I thought the outfit was really kind of cool, too. I guess that's what you get for being a 12. <laughs> but, you know, I we, we knew of God and everything, but he never really had a big part in our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, we went, we did the, uh, basically church and Sunday school was the motions for us. You know, we go, we learn, we know he loved us and, you know, the power he had and everything. But I can honestly say in our, our family, he didn't, he never had a big part. You know, we didn't, you know, bless our meals or anything like that. We went to church when we were supposed to all big holidays and Sunday school. And that was, about it as right, far as right. religion and my relationship with god was just that it was you know barely a friendship i knew of him and that's about it more of an acquaintance mm-hmm. but um you know and we we were we were just going through the motions and, and one thing our family had you know like a lot of families they had our family had the secrets you know, that were kind of right there under the surface, just always bubbling mm-hmm. under the surface. And, um, right. Uh, basically, you know, we would realize something was wrong after a little while. Uh, me and my brother and sister, you know, our worlds were going to kind of be destroyed in a little, little bit. Hmm. My parents would always fight. And I remember, you know, them fighting quite often either at family get-togethers or just at the house. But, you know, being kids, I always kind of thought it was normal. You know, parents do that stuff. They've got stresses. They've got kids. They've got jobs. You know, and they they would try and fight or try not to fight in front of us, but sometimes they would argue irregardless, whether it was at the dinner table or just wherever. Right. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't – sometimes it was just that, a quick argument. Other times it would escalate into, you know – more shouting and everything. Right. Mm-hmm. But, or they would, you know, fight when we they thought we were asleep, but we could still hear them. Yeah. Um, another kind of secret was that my dad was a drunk. Mm-hmm. He wasn't like one of the really bad drunk where he'd get so drunk he'd come home belligerent and beat us or anything like that. I think he just drank to take the edge off, I guess. He, he was never abusive towards any of us. Right. You know, he just drank to drink, I guess. The best way to put it. Yeah. You know, he never hit us. He never was mentally abusive towards us. Um, I figured, you know, that was probably part of their arguing was him, him drinking. So I figured it was normal. I figured most parents did it. Right. 
um, after, you know, so many years, after I finished the fourth grade, we ended up moving from our house to a house that was basically called the Hilltowns. It was a town called Huntington. So mm-hmm. I started a brand new school, fifth grade, you know, brand new school, brand new house. Nobody knew me there. And I started it all on crutches. <laughs> now, I don't think I don't think we met until about sixth grade. I don't remember meeting in fifth grade. I think it was about sixth grade. Meh. I think so. That's why I was trying to remember. I, I can't remember if it yeah. was sixth grade. But yeah, fifth fifth grade. You know, I, two weeks before school started, I had a rock fall on my ankle. You oh, know, man. so I, yeah. So I literally, you know, big old cast and everything. <laughs> But and I thought I dreaded it because you know being the new kid and everything on crutches. I mean, how many more stereotypes could you you know check <laughs> off to get picked on? Right. <laughs> but it it really wasn't bad. You know, every time everybody was really accepting. All the kids were great. You know, every time I turn around, they'd steal my crutches and you know hobble around and everything. Yeah. So that actually turned out pretty good. I was there was a big relief for me that it was just that easy going hmm. but things um you know and start a thing at home things kind of calm down for a little bit you know the fighting maybe a little less than normal maybe yeah. about the same you know i had a lot going on so i don't really remember a lot of it right but you know eventually it started picking up again and at uh, this rate, it was getting worse and unmanageable. It started fighting more and everything. And um, very soon, you know, our wor- all our kids' worlds were going to be, you know, turned upside down and destroyed. Um, finally, things between my parents got so ugly intent- and intense that they d- decided divorce was the only answer. Hmm. And, um, you know, for kids, that's a dreaded word. Right. You know, and, um, it got, for us kids, it got really nasty really quick. Um, by most people's standards, you know, my parents' divorce was ugly at best and horrifying on other days. Mm. And it, it's really, sadly, it's true. You know, I still, honestly, to this day, I don't remember everything that happened in those couple years. I've still got a lot blocked out and, you know, me and my sister have been kind of piecing it together throughout the years as we've gotten older. Mm -hmm. But it it was, you know, some things to this day, I don't think my parents would remember either or admit to. Yeah. Yeah. Because of sheer embarrassment for what happened or just, you know, whatever. But um, me being the oldest of the three, it was the worst, just mm-hmm. because I understood everything to a different degree. And, um, you know, I felt like I had to protect my younger, the younger two siblings. So, I mean, I did that the best I could. Everything was being torn apart around us, and there was no way we could fix it. You know, not I couldn't think of anything to do to fix it. Right. And it tore me apart. I remember... Um, that was, you know, the, I think the end of sixth grade or, you know, middle of sixth grade 
end of sixth grade when it started and seventh grade is when it really got bad. I remember this one specific day, just, I think I was late for school and it was raining outside and I just like walked to my locker and I had the bottom locker and I was knelt down on the ground and I was just crying because I had no idea what was going on at home, you know, and I had mm-hmm. no control over everything. And I remember um, our double room teacher, one of them was Mr. Wood and they came, he came out, you know, and he just, they sat out there with me for a couple minutes, you know, until I could compose myself. They were great teachers. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, until I could compose myself and I felt better after that, but you know, it's just, that's, you know, my, that was my life was I couldn't fix what my parents were going through. I couldn't fix my family. And for me, it was horrifying and I hated it. I hated feeling so powerless. Right. And that's gotta be, I mean, that's gotta be a lot on, on a kid. I mean, you were only in seventh grade and like you said, you can up and, and be the older sibling because you were the oldest. You had to like be the protector or Mm -hmm. responsible for your, your, um, for your siblings. And I'm sure that was hard. Um, I mean, I, I just couldn't imagine because I, I just have never been through anything like that. Right. Um, but to me, like seeing you in school, um, you always seem to have it together to me. I don't know. To me, you were kind of like, like, you you knew what you needed to do and and me I, I just like had no clue in school about things yeah. but it seemed like you always had pretty good grades and everything and you you kept everything going at school the way that you were supposed to All right. okay yeah so so you were um, going through um going through seventh grade and your parents yeah. were getting a divorce and everything mm-hmm yeah, um, and like you said, you know, it seemed like I had, you know, it going pretty well. And, I mean, part of me did, but I got really good being a chameleon, too. Mm-hmm. I, I was able to um, kind of com- – I learned how to compose myself. I learned how to kind of shut myself down is mm-hmm. the best way to um, – I would, you know, shut everything down. I would shut emotions down. And, you know, people would come up to me and, that you know, that knew – something or you know just wanted to say hi and i'd give i'd give them all the right answers and nobody would be the wiser right you know um eighth grade i think my grade slipped a little bit ninth grade maybe a little bit um i was living with my dad and um at that time and i felt like he didn't care whether i passed or failed so i I finally moved in with my mom Mm -hmm. i i did i you know i I became very good at closing myself off. I shut everything off. Um, you know, I could still act like a human, but I didn't feel like it. Yeah. I felt hollow inside. Um, yeah, I would have never, I would have never even thought that about you uh, growing up. I would have never saw that at all. I mean, I, no. just, I just thought that you, I don't know. I just thought that you had it all together. I mean, you were you were a smart kid, and and uh, you were always. Uh, it seemed like you were always looking out for everybody, and just kind of like, 
I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would have never thought that about you. I mean, I, I dealt a, a lot with the inner demons, and I, I eventually I controlled them, and uh, I got I got to a point where I hated feeling like that. So, um, I kind of did what you said. I I looked after everybody else. Um, I hated pe- seeing people upset, even though you know I was broken inside. I hated seeing people other people upset so i do whatever i could to make sure they were happy and yeah. i kind of call, i called myself perpetually happy hmm. you know because um and the way i look at it is and especially nowadays um you know you people can be going through hell right now but if i've got a smile on my face you know at least they can see one smiling face a day right you know, and that um, I had a guy just a couple of years ago call me Smiley because of <laughs> just for that reason. And he, I, I asked him one day, I said, "Why do you call me Smiley?" He's like, "Dude, you could the world could be burning down around you, and you'd still come to work with a smile on your face." <laughs> and it's true, you know. And you know, yesterday I was in a bad mood, so. You know, everybody was worried about me today. You know, I, w- I was better, and everybody's like, are you okay now? I was like, yeah, I'm better. And everybody's like, good. You know, we like to see you smile. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, as, as a kid, I adapted as I could. Um, you know, I, I didn't let anybody help me with my issues because I denied my issues, and I just wanted to help other people. Right. I've always been like that, you know, like I said. If you were upset, I'd go out of my way to make you at least smile or laugh a little bit. Yeah. That was my job. <laughs> but, um, you know, the first couple of years of my parents' divorce, it was really nasty. Um, I remember points, you know, I think due to all the stress and everything, um, my mom just kind of freaking out on us kids, you know, whether it was intentional or not. Um, it just happened. You know, there was one time I remember she had us pinned up against the wall yelling at us. And I was kind of over my brother and sister who were on the ground. And I was, you know, in that sprawled out kind of, you know, defense against my mom, you know, taking the brunt of being yelled at and everything. I honestly don't remember if she swung at us or not, but I was just, you know, the barricade. Mm-hmm. And um, I think my sister just finally remembered that. And she said, Oh my God, I remember that. That is horrifying. You know, then, um, there was another time, you know, my mom threatened my puppy if we didn't come inside from the treehouse because we were hiding from her because she was yelling and we didn't we couldn't deal with it. You know, us kids can only take take so much. So we hid in the treehouse for a little while. Mm-hmm. And um, she was yelling out the window for us to come in. And she told us, you know, if um, we didn't come in, she was going to hurt my puppy. Mm. So reluctantly, you know, we all went inside and I think we got yelled at for something. I, I don't remember everything, but, you know, it's, you know, if I asked my mom that today, I guarantee she would never be like, I never said anything like that. <laughs> you know, out, like a, out of shame or whatever, but I remember, you know, as it happened yesterday. Yeah. It's, it still scares me, you know? Right. Just those kind of emotions and everything. For a 13, 14 year old to be going through. Right. But, you know, that was that. um, I graduated high school just fine. I I moved in with my mom, moved in. I went 
she was in a different district, so I ended up going to a different school. So that was, that was kind of like a fresh start for me. Right. But again, you know, nobody really knew the true me. You know, I, I was just this hollow shell. Hmm. You know, people knew me, but they didn't know me. Right. And as all this is going on, um, church started fading very quickly. The altar boy thing, I stopped mm-hmm. doing. Um, Sunday school, I started questioning teachers and everything. And um, they didn't like that. They, you want to make somebody mad, do that first thing on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but, you, you know, I, my mind wasn't right. I, I was angry at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we just we stopped going to church altogether. And I know my grandparents didn't like it, but yeah. it was kind of par for the course, I guess. One thing and really the final straw for me with religion as a kid was um my uncle Steve had brain cancer. He was my dad's oldest brother. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very nasty stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but my grandparents, his parents took this opportunity to tell all us grandkids that if we don't believe in God, that we basically get cancer. And that's why my uncle Steve had can- cancer was he was an atheist. Oh my goodness. Right. You know, whether that I wasn't there for that conversation, but that's what I was told by my, you know, sister and everything. Mm -hmm. So words could have been mixed up or I don't know, but that's how I took it was you don't believe in God. God's going to give you brain cancer, man. And, um, that was for me and God, that was kind of like a final straw with everything I was going through. I felt like he wasn't helping me in any of it. Then to top it all off, you know, he's making my uncle sick for no reason. And I, I just couldn't have that. I, in my head, I ended everything, you know, I was done with it. Yeah. And now, um, was, was it kind of like, was it kind of like a thing where you were like, there, there can't be a God because of, because of this, or were you kind of like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give the, uh, the time of the day because of the things he's, a little bit of both, honestly. Um, I didn't want to believe in them. I didn't want to believe in God. I didn't want to believe that God would do something like that. To me, that you know, just seemed horrendous. You, mm-hmm. Everything we saw is God is loving. God is you know peaceful. You know, He is a just God. But you know, in my little head, you know, giving somebody brain cancer because he didn't believe in God blew my mind i guess yeah you know and i i couldn't have it on top of everything else right you know I, I was angry at the world i was angry at myself and i think i just needed an outlet and that god was my outlet unfortunately mm-hmm. so i i just i ended it all you know i, I couldn't deal with it didn't want to didn't and, want any didn't want any part of it right yeah, very much so. And so that's how I, you know, went about my teen teen years. I, you know, basically disengaged with God and, you know, did my own thing and kept to myself, you know, became my hollow self. Mm-hmm. You know, I graduated high school, not with honors by any means, but I graduated. I was proud of that, you know, and my parents were divorced, I don't know, four, maybe five years at that point. So it was kind of, that kind of was, you know, old news, but the hurt inside of me was still very real. Mm-hmm. 
husband by this time, and my mom was already remarried, and she had a, another kid, my youngest sister. So, you know, life was going fairly good on that aspect. My dad was remarried, too, and he seemed happy, but I didn't really talk to him because during the divorce, you know, we were told a bunch of stuff, and we thought my dad was horrible. Hmm. You know, and something else, you know, no kids should really go through is picking sides like that. Right. Yeah. Um, but so, you know, I lived with my mom for years now and um, things were going good. As I was getting older, I kind of developed a new role within the family, within my mom's family. And that was of being a counselor, hmm. you know, at the ripe old age of 20. <laughs> um, I, I never went to college. I, I couldn't do classrooms anymore. It just made my skin crawl. Yeah. I, lo- I love to learn, but um, the same thing with my mom and my stepdad, you know, it was kind of history repeating itself. They, they would argue. And at first it seemed normal, you know, normal stuff, normal arguments. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, but sometimes it would escalate or, you know, one of them would blow something out of proportion. And um, that's where I would come into play. If they had a fight during the day, my mom would run up to her room and lock, you know, lock herself in her bedroom. You know, mature stuff. <laughs> and um, my, I would come home from work or whatever. My stepdad would, you know, meet me and he'd be like, hey, me and your mom got into a fight. Can you go talk to her? Because I was the only one she would talk to. Hmm. So I, I would go upstairs, knock on the door. She'd let me in the bedroom and, you know, we'd just sit on her bed and we'd talk about the day and everything. And she'd calm down. And she'd, you know, come out of, you know, her room and we'd eat dinner or whatever or, you know, just do something as a family. But that was, you know, my new role was counselor. Hmm. And, you know, it, it it wears thin after a while, so many years of doing it. Right. Because, again, no kid should play, you know, counselor to their parents. Right. But... You know, I, I did it, you know, because I thought, again, that's what I was supposed to do. I was a helper. I In my head, I was a fixer. So if I could fix it, why not? Yeah. And so I did. Then um, 2012, you know, I met a girl and things changed. Mm-hmm. Things changed drastically, you know. Um, apparently, we felt, you know, head over heels for each other. And um, she wanted a fresh start. I wanted a fresh start. So we talked about moving and we settled on North Carolina. Mm-hmm. mainly because I had a work buddy that moved down to North Carolina a year before me and he was gonna, he was basically our foothold. Oh, okay. So we, we lived with him for like a month, then we moved on. But um, ever since I graduated high school, I had this itch about North Carolina. Hmm. Like it, North Carolina always called to me and it was, you know, the, one of those little quiet calls you kind of put off and you ignore sometimes, but North Carolina always called to me. Like if I wanted to go on a trip, it'd be like, Hey, come here type right. of thing. And something always pulled me towards North Carolina. I could never figure it out. Right. But so in October of 2012, me and my new girlfriend, Kayla, we moved on down to North Carolina and you know, we, we never looked back. We left both our families up there and everything mm-hmm. to start new down here in the South. You know, and we lived together and we made it work for several years. 
Hmm. Um, we we definitely had our ups and downs, you know, but we were happy, you know. We so we were making our, our lives on our own, and you know, to me that was the end all be all. That we lived in a little apartment at the time, but we were making it, and we were happy. Then in uh, January of 2016, my my world again was going to be um, rocked upside down. Came home from work on lunch one day. She sat me down on the bed. And I, I thought somebody died in my family. I, I, I was not prepared for this. Mm-hmm. And um, she told me, she's like, we're pregnant. So a complete, <laughs> complete reversal, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I was ecstatic. I was, what joy, what happiness, you know, and what, what kind of new levels of stress this was going to bring. Mm-hmm. But I felt like we were ready and I was excited, you know, starting our own little family now. Yeah. So on September 19th, of 2016 this world welcomed in my son charlie little redheaded man that he is now <laughs> and you know what happiness he brought but worry what stress he brings yeah but we were happy we were happy you know he was a healthy little kid right mm-hmm. um actually was it five days after he was born he had what the doctors call a brew mm-hmm it's a, I can't remember what it is exactly, but he basically became completely unresponsive for a while. And I think mm. it was because he stopped breathing for half a second. Mm. So it just tired his whole little body out and he became unresponsive. You know, I talk about a scare. Yeah. You know? I mean, he's five days old and you think he died. We were at um, Brenner's Children's Hospital and I was a poor little nurse the next day after he was fine. You know, I'm yelling at this little girl be like he's not fine what's wrong with him she's like no this happens all the time it's fine it's Mm -hmm. if he has the second one is when it's bad she's like this Mm -hmm. whole floor that you're on hat has kids that have had this kind of episode Hmm. so i was like he's five days old how is he broken but i mean he came back from it he's a monster now (laughs) But um, for the you know his first first couple of years, I thought we had we had this. Me and Kayla and our little family. I thought we were going to be be that little happy family. Yeah. Turns out I was wrong, and we weren't that happy little fight family. Fighting between me and her, you know, be, continued to increase, and it only worsened. Um, I took on a second job to kind of help pay for everything, and I think that's where a lot of the stress actually came from. I wasn't home enough, but, you know, I deemed it necessary to have a second job to pay for everything that we needed. Yeah. Because it's my family. I'm going to take care of them here regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, about the time that I felt comfortable leaving my part-time job, because my um, full-time job, I was getting paid enough by this point. Um, and where I felt comfortable only working one job, Kayla told me it was too late. And that, you know, we drifted too far apart and that we were done. You know, we weren't married yet. We were engaged. So, I mean, essentially we just broke up. Mm. But, you know, that was seven years together, just under seven years together. And, Mm. you know, one kid. So I fell apart. Right. I mean, what else could I do? Honestly, It, it was my world crumbling this time. It was my parents' divorce all over again. You know, I failed my fam- my little family this time. Mm. You know, so I started having, you know, flashbacks of, you know, my parents fighting and, you know, a broken home, 
And um, I started, I really did. I started a downward spiral. And um, my spiral only worsened once I learned that she actually cheated on me. Hmm. You know, so it wasn't bad enough that we couldn't fix our relationship. I also learned, you know, that there were days where I would take Charlie to daycare and leave for work. And this guy would, you know, five minutes later, come down to the apartment to pay her a visit. Hmm. So, you know, my anger and my depression after that, you know, spiked new levels. I don't know if you've ever been angry enough to vibrate across a floor, but it is possible. <laughs> no, um, I don't think, I don't think I've been there before. No, there was, there was one day I was at work and uh, her new boyfriend was messaging me and he mm. said something and he just, it made me so angry. I was in the middle of fixing the car, but I, I, he, I read it and I, I was, I was vibrating across the floor. I was going to my toolbox. I was going to get my keys. I was going to find him and I was going to beat him within an inch of his life. Mm-hmm. I was that angry. I never knew I could be that angry. It took literally two guys, two of my good, good friends at the shop to like literally jump on me to stop me. Mm. And um, I, I didn't do anything. I, I calmed down. But that, that moment, I was probably one of the angriest I've ever been in my whole life. And being that angry is exhausting. Hmm. It, it, it takes it out of you. Um, but my anger, my depression, you know, I couldn't hide it. I, I was a train wreck. Um, I, barely, I was barely keeping anything afloat, and I was barely functional. Wow. Um, you know, the only thing that kept me functional was Charlie. Right. You know, I could see him and everything that made me feel better. Mm-hmm. But the hurt that I was feeling, I never felt it before. Not even during my parents, you know, divorce. It was right. it was pretty bad. My lowest point, um, I think it was one of the first nights that I was all alone in the apartment. She had Charlie. I was by myself. I was sitting on a couch. I was crying. And I was just miserable. I was thinking she got inside my head, you know. And I was like, what if I am a bad father? What if I don't deserve this family? And that's why it's broken up. You know, what if I am a horrible person? Mm-hmm. You know, I was just sitting there spiraling, thinking. And the whole time I had a pistol in my hand. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, it was out of its kit. You know, it was out of its uh, holster and everything. It was just in my hand. It was ready to be used. Mm-hmm. Um, ready to take me out from my horrible life, you know, that I felt like I didn't deserve. Right. <clears throat> but, you know, this whole time I was actually talking to my now ex-mother-in-law and she talked me down. You know, she's like, you're not a horrible person, you know, get out of your head. She talked me down that night. And I honestly, I don't think she knew that I was that close to, you know, ending it all. Right. So. You know, after that night, that was the lowest point, and I started um, seeking help because I needed it. Right. So, Jeff. Yes. I mean, what what could you say to somebody who's at that lowest point, who's who may be contemplating suicide or something? What I mean, what could you tell them? It's it's not worth it. it it's really not. Um, it might solve your problems. But the problems that you put on everybody else afterwards completely outweighs, you know, the simple satisfaction that you might get from it. 
in the long run, it's not worth it. You know, there's more to live for than, you know, even though you're at a low point, there's going to be a high point to balance it out. And it's really, it's not worth it. Right. So after, after you hit that low point, what happened after that? Um, I've had a good friend for years. His name is Ray. He was actually head of the Celebrate Recovery group at another church. And mm-hmm. I, I've always, I worked with Ray for a couple of years and I've all, he's become one of my good, good friends down here. Um, I started, I started asking him for help, you know, and he moved to a little church and he told me, he's like, Jeff, come to church. <laughs> and I was like, you know how I feel about church. And he's like, Jeff, <laughs> come to church. And honestly, by this point, I'm not lying. I don't think I stepped foot in the church within 20 years. Yeah. You know, just because of how I signed off on everything. Right. But I did. You know, I took his word for it and I went to church. I was mm-hmm. reluctant. I was scared. I didn't know what to do. You know, people would greet me. They're like, hey, how you doing? Who are you? You know, I'm so-and-so. What's your name? You know, and I'd be like, I'm Jeff. But I'd, I always thought people were fake in churches. Mm-hmm. You'll be like, they don't really care who I am, that sort of thing. So I went to church and I sat in one of the back pews and you know what happened? What? I cried. Hmm. You know, I, I would try and hold it together and I would I would just cry. Hmm. And um then the next week, you know, Ray's like, Hey, you come to church? I'll be still reluctant, but I'd, I'd be like, Yeah, I'll come to church. <laughs> so, you know, I would go back to church, same these same people would come up to me smiling, hugging me. They don't know who I am, you know, be like, hey, we're glad you came back. You know, we're happy you're here. That sort of thing. I'm like, no, you're not. Get out of it. Shoo. You know, <laughs> don't hug. Right. You know, down here, everybody <laughs> hugs. That and biscuits. <laughs> but, um, you know, and I would, I'd sit in the back pew and again, I cried and, you know, but I don't know. It was a different kind of cry, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so for weeks, this, this was my new lifestyle right weeks i'd have charlie i'd bring him to church he'd go in you know the nursery and he'd have a blast i'd sit in the back pew and i'd cry and then mm. um you know there were su- there were sundays that i was better you know i'm like ha i'm gonna get through this without crying and then I'd, like a certain <laughs> song would come on or something would just strike that chord and i'd i'd be done right and then <laughs> you know so after a couple of months of just going to the church and these same people coming up to me, you know, happy to see me and everything, I believed them. Yeah. You know, so I started learning names and, you know, I started being excited to see these people because they were excited to see me. You know, looking back at it, I didn't notice the change or I didn't pay attention to the change. But, you know, even in those first couple months of me just going to church and crying and having these people say hi to me was life changing. Mm-hmm. And um, after a few months, you know, me and Ray, we would talk all the time now. And he's like, hey, we're going to start to celebrate recovery here at this church. Hmm. And I said, okay, I'll give that a go too. <laughs> you know, so I started going to, at our church, celebrate recoveries every Wednesday night. Wow. So I, start, I started going to these and, you know, I same thing. I'd sit through everything and I'd cry. I'd go home, you know, and this was becoming my life a couple weeks into celebrate recovery i was i was starting to fall apart again and um i remember after large group i was sitting in ray's office with him just ugly crying you know just not crying tears (laughs) everywhere type of thing you know 
big old burly man just in peace. <laughs> and, With um, a huge beard. Right. Well, it was left. <laughs> I had a little beard. It's not quite the monster that it is now. <laughs> but, and Ray just being Ray sat in his chair and just, you know, absorbed everything I was saying. And he talked to me and um, he's like, you know what? Let's say your um, pronunciation of faith, you know, mm-hmm. where um, I believe Jesus Christ is, you know, my savior. This is one true God and everything. I can't remember mm-hmm. the whole thing off the top of my head and I apologize. <laughs> That's okay, Jeff. But, you know, I, I took his hand and I, I repeated after him and I stopped crying like instantly. Like mm-hmm. all the tears were gone. Um, I had this feeling of calm just wash over me and it was amazing. Wow. And, and I felt better. Mm-hmm. The next week at Celebrate Recovery, I was baptized. Wow. So that was really cool. And, um, you know, week by week, I, I'm getting better. You know, and I realized that God um, never left, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it took me a while to realize that, but he never left. And he's always been um, by my side. Yeah. So I felt different. I felt better. Wow. You know, I started giving more and more things over to God. Mm. And it was it wasn't. You know, all the bed of roses, but everything was easier. It was, there was a different light cast on everything, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, once I admitted I was powerless and, you know, um, gave him everything, he helped me. Wow. You know, and for um, the, these years, being angry and everything, being angry at him, you know, he ne- he's never held it against me. You know, God's yeah. always been there for me, and I, I just was too blinded by everything to realize it. Wow. So, you know, since that night in Ray's office, it's been, a, you know, complete 180 for me. That's amazing. Yeah. You know, um, he, he's done, God's done so much for me in such a short amount of time. Now, how, how many years ago was this that you uh, accepted Jesus into your life? This was going to be, I think it was October of 2019. So just wow. over, yeah, just over um, two years. And have were you already with your wife at that time or no um, i actually just met her right around that time as i would celebrate recovery was starting you know i I was you know actively looking for like a girlfriend and whatever earlier in the year after everything happened Mm -hmm. Um, but you know ray's like you know you got to learn to live with yourself and you know work on yourself so i started doing that you know for a few months and um I met her through one of those online dating apps. And I kid you not, <laughs> it, it was a complete and utter accident. <laughs> um, I was coming home one day from Atlanta. I, I, we have Kia training in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was coming home and I stopped at a gas station just over the border of North and South Carolina. I was getting gas. They had a Wendy's, so I stopped and ate. And I was on, you know, all these different kinds of dating sites and she popped up wow. and I saw the distance. it said the distance between like my home and her home. And it was about a hundred miles, mm-hmm. but I was like, you know what? There's something about her. Let's try this. And, you know, I swiped right. <laughs> and, um, I went home and we, we started texting and everything. And she asked me probably 3000 questions. I kid you not. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was so interested in the next question. I mean, I didn't care about anything. It it was amazing. We we connected on a couple different levels, and like I said in the very beginning, you know, she said my accent's still there, and she mm-hmm. she loves she loves the accent. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, we literally met by happenstance. I and it turned. I learned later after a few months of um, dating her that the gas station I stopped at was one of her favorite gas stations. <laughs> wow. So, you know, we wouldn't have normally met because we were so far apart. Yeah. You know, you can set the you know, range or whatever. And when I stopped for food and everything, I was within her range. So I popped up and, you know, she, she swiped right. And then, you know, that. So complete and utter, you know, mistake, I guess you could call it. Or, you know, just happenstance. Right. But um, it, it was God's I, plan. I, I thoroughly believe that, you know, because she's been through a lot of hurt and um, uh, I've been through a lot and um, we balance each other out very, very nicely. You know, when I'm hot headed, she's you know, cool and she keeps me calm and vice versa. It's tremendous and it's amazing. You know, she she's a little bit farther, you know, in her walk with God, I guess, you know, she's been more. She's read more of the Bible and all of that, so she knows more than I do. But, you know, so if I'm reading something and I don't understand it, I ask her, really, what's this mean? Or what do you think about it? And, you know, we talk about it. It's absolutely amazing. That's great, man. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I barely, we barely knew each other a year and I proposed. Mm-hmm. Wow. And we were, we were married last December. In 2020. So, yep. <laughs> yep. What, so your so your church. so your first year of marriage was in 2020. <laughs> the end of 2020 and 21. Yep. <laughs> wow. But you know what? We we've made it work. We've gone on our own little adventures here and there, and it's been an absolute blast. That's awesome, man. I it's just amazing to hear what all you've been through, and now yep. you're in God. I mean, that's just amazing to me. Because, yeah. like, it's just amazing. Yeah, you know, and as far as my parents, you know, I've got a great relationship with both of them now. My my dad is one of my better friends. I can call him up at any time I want to, and we can talk about anything. You know, and just recently, uh, my relationship with my mom, because it's been um, strained over the um, moving down here and everything, it's been strained for quite a few years. And this just just this past year, you know, literally May, we've been talking and, you know, we've got a relationship now. So I've, I've been God's truly blessed me in all aspects. You know, um, he's re- you restored, you know, my family to a degree. I can talk to my dad. I can talk to my mom. And it's fantastic. You know, I have both parents again. You know, they, they wow. live their own lives, but I, I can talk to both of them. And that hasn't happened since I literally was like 12. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's blessed me in that aspect. I, I've got both my parents, you know, that I, I can fall back onto. He gave me, um, you know, the, my wonderful wife, Heather, now, you know, who's great with Charlie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they thick as thieves sometimes. I think they plot my <laughs> demise. <laughs> but, you oh. know... He, they're, they're both sweet you know he's blessed me with charlie 
who can be an absolute nightmare. I mean, you you have kids, you understand. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but he is he's an absolute sweetheart, and I would do anything for him. You know, mm-hmm. we we bought a house last year. Wow. You know, and we've got my, our fence going up. You know, everybody wants a house with a picket fence or something. That's the mm-hmm. American dream, right there. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you know we we've been truly, truly blessed in this last in these last two two years. You know, and I'm ex- I'm excited for you know where he's where God is planning on taking me. You know, Charlie absolutely loves church. I mean, he eats it up. He he loves to go. He goes on Wednesday nights, and he goes on Sundays when I have him. So. That's great, man. Yeah, it's been it's been a true blessing, you know. Um, as far as celebrate recovery is going, I'm a, an apprentice now for the lead ministry. Hmm. So w- within the next year or two, I will be lead minister of the celebrate recovery at wow. our church, which means you know I kind of oversee everything. Wow, that that's amazing. Yeah. You know, I, and I feel like it's my calling. I, I really do. You know, earlier I said, you know, I always wanted to help people. And, you know, that was my main priority that, you know, I can do that now. And I really feel like I'm accomplishing it, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, and it, you, you know, all this stuff that you you had to go through and had to endure. I, I mean, it was it was setting you up for what you can do now. I mean, right. even though it was a struggle and you really have had some struggles. It's made you stronger and it's made you mm-hmm. where you, you should be able to help people. And And I hope that you keep spreading your story around and I hope you keep telling your story because yeah. I just think it, that it's amazing. And I, I watched your, your video on YouTube the other day from your celebrate recovery and mm-hmm. uh, I heard your testimony and that's why I wanted to have you on the podcast just so we can, kind of further this story because I just I just feel like it's an amazing story and and it seems like there's there's so many kids out there that come from divorced homes and there's so many people um dealing with you know uh dealing with uh contemplating suicide you hear so many people that have committed suicide and it's it's just it's just amazing it is it's sad it's amazing how far that you you've actually come, Jeff, and uh, and I'm yeah. so proud of you. If that means anything to you, it does. But... <laughs> um, and I'm very very happy for you, and I'm very very proud of you. Yeah, you know, a lot of people once they learn, you know, more about me and what I've been through, they're like, "Oh my God, don't you wish you know it would be different?" And I look at back at everything now and. No, I want to, I'd go through everything again to get where I am. Yeah, that's awesome. Because, you know, it's, I realize now, you know, God set me up for it all and, you know, to help people. So, you know, if things were different, I want to be who I am now. I want to be where I am. Man, that, that is so, that's so amazing and, and just awesome and great and, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> please, uh, please continue to spread your story and continue telling yeah. people what, what you've been through, because I, I think it's really important for people to hear everything that you've been through, because you don't know 
you don't know who's going through the same stuff that right. you've already been through. Right. And I, th- I think that, you know, that's why I want to share it too, is because it's, it's kind of a different story. And I think, you know, a lot of people, a lot of kids go through it and I just want them to know they ain't alone. These feelings are normal and you can't get past them. Yeah. Awesome. And you can use them. You can use them to your advantage too, you know? Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if you have anything else to add, but I was, uh, was thinking about ending it there, Jeff, yeah. unless you've got something else that you need to add. No, I, th- I think we covered everything for now. Well, I mean, I'm always going to add and rewrite and, you know, tweak my testimony. Right. Appreciate you coming on. And, um, and this episode should be up tomorrow on my, on my iTunes and Spotify and everywhere where you okay. can stream. Um, and I'll, of course, I'll share it to Facebook and all that kind of good stuff. Okay. But um, like I said, I, I'm really amazed at your story, and I'm I'm glad you did this for me. And we'll definitely be in touch. And we need we need to talk more, and we need to definitely. stay in touch more. Yeah, and thank you for having me. I, I think it's great that you know that I can share my message over you know a different platform, and you know maybe it'll reach you know some other people. Definitely. All right, Jeff. Well, I'll talk to you some other time, man. Yes, sir. It was great talking with you, Justin. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.